Greetings, and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life. This is your host, Bullyproof expert, Ziggler certified life coach, and master martial artist, Rich Grogan. I want to tell you, bullying is real, and it negatively affects millions of people every single day. And oftentimes, the meanest, nastiest bully we'll ever face is the bully within, the bully named Fear. And that bully causes an endless amount of anxiety and depression. Now, I know this from personal experience, and that's why I've spent the last 30-plus years of my life empowering kids, parents, teens, and adults with hope and the confidence to believe in themselves to stand up to any bully they're facing, both real and in their mind. I'm so excited and so grateful you're joining me. Now, let's become bullyproof and live our best kick in life. Greetings and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. Man, that intro gets me going, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as always, I promise to give you everything I've got to empower you to believe in yourself with hope and self-confidence and the courage to stand out in the crowd and stand up for, for what is right, right? Yeah, we know that. We know right and wrong. Just doing the right thing, trying to help out others, kind of like the little golden rule in school. If it doesn't feel good to you, if somebody did that to you, then don't do it to somebody else. It's pretty simple, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, sometimes as adults, we forget those little simple rules. And hey, that's what the show is all about. The bully proof is Believing in yourself and standing up to any bully you face, both real and in your mind, and the kick in life, baby, that's just getting back up each and every time life knocks you down and living life to its to its fullest. And that's not a good life or even a great life, baby. That's a kick in life. Cashing checks, taking names, helping others, believing in ourselves, doing our very best to make society a better place to live, a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. So today's show, what do we got going on? It's the weekly spotlight show. This is episode number 246. And as always, I do everything I can to bring forth the best guests. And I'm just grateful and thankful for their time, their knowledge and wisdom they're going to share with us. Today's guest is owner of two martial arts schools, uh, a financial business coach, and, and, and that's just saying those things is, is exciting enough, considering everything he's doing, him and his wife, with their martial arts academies in Florida to kind of fulfill our purpose, everybody's purpose, collectively working together, making society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. But I tell you, this gentleman, he and I grew up in uh, the old school of, uh, well, I guess, Tung Sudo, Subakdo, and Mudaquan, and um, he's him and his wife have built an extremely impressive business. And what I mean by, of course, the business, you got to bring in income in order to keep the business going, but it's what they're doing with that to continuously enhance lives, promote good health, good fitness, good nutrition, good moral values to make, once again, society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. You kind of see how that all ties in with all the guests we have. And that's the reason I'm, I'm grateful to have our guests as not only friends, but guests on the show. Who am I talking about? Master David Alvarez. How are we doing, sir? <clears throat> hey, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. What an honor. Well, you're very, very, very welcome, and thank you for your time. I know we time's the most sacred commodity, and the fact that you're uh, taking time out of your day to be with us, I certainly appreciate it. And uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into this thing. Uh, first things first. Is there anything that I may have missed in that amazing list of accolades that uh, that you want to mention that you're doing right now, or you've done in the past that you and your wife are doing with your academies and your business coaching and everything else you're doing? 
Um, no, sir. You you pretty much nailed it. Uh, the only other thing that we got going on is uh, we're in in discussions and talks with team members and uh, looking at uh, facilities for a potential third location. So uh, we're uh, being thorough and being careful about that, but it, it is something that's going to happen, I would say, within the next uh, 18 to 24 months. Fantastic. And of course, planning ahead, right? And, and uh, it's a, a matter of, uh, uh, Ziegler talks about all the time, happy but not satisfied. What that means is happy with what you've done, what you've accomplished, but not satisfied knowing that you've You've got more to give, more to give out there and more to help. And uh, there's there's more people in different communities and different areas that could definitely benefit from what, what you and your wife are doing. Awesome. Um, so before we move on into the show, anybody you want to give a special shout out to? I mean, everybody loves hearing their uh, their name on the radio. I know you probably got a long laundry list, but just if you want to name a couple. <laughs> um, uh, definitely have a long list. Um uh, I thank God for giving me uh, the opportunities to, to you know, get off my butt and do something with my life. Uh, my beautiful wife, and she is definitely the best part of, of me and um, does not get enough credit for what she does. Um, she's simply amazing. My, my leadership team um, at both locations, because they're the ones on the front line really making an impact and changing everybody's life uh, at our martial arts schools. And uh, to my amazing children for reminding me every single day that, uh, you know, I have a lot of work to do as a human being, and they're there to teach me that. So I'm very thankful for all, for all of those people. Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing hearing you. The last, uh, I had uh, Master Karen Eden on a couple weeks ago, Master Paul Garcia last week, and both of them started off by, you know, praising God and giving thanks to God. So that's, uh, that's the third, uh, well, I shouldn't say the third leg, it's uh, the first leg, but I call it the, I like the martial arts triangles, the mental, spiritual, and physical. I also call it the three-legged table. And without those three being in balance, then, then our life is out of balance. So thank you for doing that, sir. You're welcome. And uh, speaking of kiddos, uh, how, how old are your kiddos now? And uh, um, mention their name on the radio. Everybody loves hearing their name on the radio. <laughs> yes. Uh, my, uh, our oldest son is Jason. He will be 10 years old next month in a few weeks. And our youngest is going to be five years old next month. Um, his name is Brady. Uh, they both were born in June. Okay. <laughs> June babies. Awesome sauce. Yep. Well, good, good. And I'm, I'm guessing, I, I thought I saw pictures not too long ago of them uh, achieving another rank at another belt level. Yes, uh, Jason, this past Saturday, uh, took his first degree midnight blue belt, which, as you know, is our version of a black belt. Yeah. Uh, he, took, he took his test this past Saturday and uh, passed, and he's been training for six years and 11 months. So basically seven years since he was three years old. And he works extremely hard at it. And, uh, he, you know, he, he deals with, uh, with being shy and, um, this process of training in martial arts and earning his first degree midnight blue belt has really helped to bring out the best in him. Um, and he really stepped up to the plate this weekend. So we're very proud of him. That's fantastic. And, uh, uh my, Youngest son Emmett, who's uh, he's twelve. He just tested this past November for his first don and uh, the midnight blue belt. And he's been obviously at the academy since well, he was crawling there. And he's been training right, right about <laughs> seven years. And uh, you know, you and I, that's uh, we connect definitely on so many levels, but especially 
putting in the hard work, the effort, and uh, having the kids earn it simply because life doesn't give you anything. And um, I know we've discussed it before on a previous show and just in conversation that uh, oftentimes, uh, well, I'm going to go with me here personally, I feel, and I know we're on, on the same lines here, that oftentimes we future bully kids by giving them something they haven't put in the work to earn. And what I mean by that is they're going to start getting an entitled mindset and they're going to start expecting it. And sooner or later, life's going to take it away and say, hey, you're going to have to earn it. So by making kiddos work hard and earn it, and that, we've got an academy in town here, and they do what they do, and that's fine. I used to try and compete with them, and that was the wrong thing to do. That was years and years ago. They have a two-year guaranteed black belt program. Well, that they do what they do. We do what we do. And... Um, I just know I feel good about what we're doing to help these kids really set them up with the tools for success. And I know you're doing the same thing with your academies there in, in Florida. Thank you. Appreciate that, sir. Oh, you're very, very welcome. So speaking of which, um, in, in we had uh, we'd connected at different Mutaquan events over the years. And, um, and then, well, as life is, you kind of lose touch with folks. And we connected again in a martial arts event uh, back in, I think it was 2013, maybe 13 or 14. And uh, what a great 14. 14. OK, uh, great connection that was. And uh, we, we've kind of been in connection on and off ever since then, which is fantastic. Since then, I know that you have. Had, um, at that time, you had one academy. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, and then you kind of uh, um, you and your wife were doing that. What kind of put the wheels in place to start that second academy? And then, kind of maybe if you would share with the audience, they uh, and, and it's not only we don't we not oh, listen to me tongue tied here. Not only have uh, martial artists listening, but uh, we got a wide range of entrepreneurs. We got a wide range of Christians and uh, uh, just people wanting what we're trying to throw out at the world there to make it a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. But they want that and need that motivation and that constant drive as to you know it's not always sunshine rainbows it's not always easy and it doesn't just happen you have to put in the work to to get there and i think everybody for the most part realizes that but it always helps to hear from the guest on the show talk about you know some of maybe the struggles that they've gone through some of the things that they've battled through and then the planning and then what kept them moving forward instead of giving up when the or throwing in the towel when things got tough yes so um yeah uh, when we met uh, when, um, or rather, when we reconnected at that seminar in 2014, that was a big year for for my wife and I and for our school. Um, you know, our school was doing very, very well uh, up until that point. Um, it was uh, helping hundreds and hundreds of members. We had a very, very good, solid staff, and we were making a you know a good profit margin. Everything was good, but I knew that I knew that the way that we were doing it innately was not going to carry us forward if we were going to run multiple locations or really maximize what, you know, the potential of the academy. So we met at that seminar and then, you know, I, I signed up for uh, high-level mastermind coaching. And that made a big difference because it, it taught us about uh, the things that we didn't know that were there, right? So it, it's what you don't know that's the problem, not what you do know. Um, so we learned a lot about systems and growth strategies and organization to, to set in place with the first location that would serve as a litmus test to see if we were, in fact, ready to run multiple locations. And one of the biggest things that we learned in that process was that 
our location would have to be able to operate for at least 90 days without myself or my wife being physically present in the building and not just operate, but actually grow. Because if a business is not growing, it's actually dying. You know, one of the reasons of that is, is inflation, right? right? The price of everything goes up. So even if you keep doing, even if you're doing great business today, right? If you, let, let's say your academy is doing $10,000 a month, you know, that's great. And then in 30 years from now, if it's doing $10,000 a month, well, that $10,000 a month is really going to feel like $3,000 a month. Absolutely. So that, you know, um, I actually was just talking to one of my coaching clients in my financial business and I looked up the price of a, a new car in 1970 was uh, $3,400. So, that's, that's a great example of inflation. Today, a new car is 39 grand. So you have to keep growing to outpace inflation. So one of the things that we learned was how do we run our school in a way that we cannot be there for 90 days, not teach one class, not enroll one student, not make you know one missing student phone call, n- nothing, and it actually grows. So that was a really fun challenge for us to figure out what systems we have to put in place and how we have to train our teams differently to achieve that. And once we achieved that, um, we let that roll for a few years and, you know, accumulated the savings that we needed to then, and then uh, in addition to the savings, build the the team member up that was going to run the second location and uh, have the capital and the right people in place, which are, in my humble opinion, one of two of the three most important things to open a second location of any kind. You have to be, you have to have the right capital, you have to have the right people, and you have to have really good marketing. If you don't have those three things in place before you open your second or third or fourth location, you're going to be in trouble. So that's what we did. And we opened up the second location, uh, 2018, uh, right, you know, and uh, it, it had a really good first year. 2019 was good. And, um, and then, you know, the pandemic hit and thankfully the culture that was built up at both of our locations, uh, our members stuck with us, uh, which was a great test of, of, you know, how, you know, everyone thinks their stuff is great, but when, yeah. when the, you know, what hits the fan, that's when you're really going to find out what you've built. And I'm very thankful to our team members and our members because, uh, you know, they, they, they've all built such a strong culture together. So, oh, that's fantastic. Have, here we are. Here and here we are. It, it, and so uh, our listeners that are uh, entrepreneurs, especially those in the martial arts industry, or even if you're not, if you're an entrepreneur in any uh, uh, genre there, what you just got was literally a million-dollar advice in a short little segment there of the steps you need to take. Now, of course, what everybody does with those steps is, is it determines your growth or your success. And like you said, in business, you're either growing or you're dying. There is no neutral ground. Uh, I always mention right. like swimming in the ocean there. You're either getting closer to shore or you're running out of energy and you're sinking. So that's kind of the same thing with business, uh, with inflation, as you mentioned. Things are not the same, nor will they ever be the same. So our entrepreneur friends out there, take note of what was just said and what uh, what steps need to be in place, and that's a proven system. Now, of course, that was just an overview and an outline, but I think that's the starting point that most people overlook. They jump into something too soon, and they don't have all the pieces in place. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so how would you, as somebody that's not an entrepreneur, 
take all everything you just did, said there, and how would you direct that to helping them better their life in regards to maybe their um, wanting to their nutrition level? They want to do a better job of, of uh, eating or working out, or even starting maybe a martial arts. Uh, uh, for most people, when they start, it's just a hobby, something to get into. What would you? What advice would you give them in re- relationship to what you just said to help them? grow with life as opposed to slowly but surely just, you know, kind of dying away? Uh, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Um, I, I think if it's all right, I'll answer it from the perspective of money, because I think that's the single common thread that everybody thinks about multiple times a day, every single day. It doesn't matter if you live in Florida, California, China, uh, it doesn't matter if you're 20 years old or 60 years old. Money is the thing that people think about all the time. So it's, it's a, I think it's a relatable topic to everybody. Um, to apply what I said about the three steps, right? Capital, the right people, and marketing. So I, if, if we're looking at our personal finances and trying to improve that, I think that we have to reverse engineer our goals. And I think that the problem that I see with a lot of my clients in my coaching, financial coaching business is, Everyone is obsessed with the idea of becoming a millionaire. But first of all, they don't have an idea why they want to be a millionaire. They just know that everybody else talks about being a millionaire and it seems to be cool from a distance. Um, Second of all, most people, if you ask them, what's the exact number? Not what do you want, but what do you actually need to retire? Um, Most, I I, I see that probably 90% of people don't know what that number is. So, you know, like anything in life, how are you actually going to hit a goal if, if you don't even know what the goal is, right? So you have to start there and reverse engineer backwards. And how do you do that? You actually have to sit down and you have to take stock of your lifestyle because your lifestyle when you're 30 or 40 or 50 is not going to be the same when you're 65, 75, 85, you know? So uh, reverse engineering from that and then figuring out on, you know, once you have that number, well, how much do I have to save and invest on a daily basis? And once people reverse engineer that goal, especially if they're in their 20s or 30s, they realize that they don't have to save as much as they thought they did to become a millionaire um, by the time that they retire. And uh, so that's, right, tying it back into the business thing. So that's capital, right? We need capital to retire. Um, If you don't have that, uh, your retirement's going to be a problem because then you're going to be dependent upon things like social security and the government. And well, uh, we've all seen over the years how that works out. So yeah, so, you depend you know, on the I government. Would, That's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> right. I would, I would rather take my, my own life into my own hands and not leave it up to the government. Well, and of course, that's that sense of responsibility. And when people think of retirement, they think of what that word really means. You're just, you're done, right? You're retiring, you're enjoying uh, everything that you've sown in the ground. Now you're going to harvest the benefits of that. But if you don't have it set up, <laughs> there's, there's nothing to benefit. Meaning if you don't put it, a seed in the ground, regardless how much work you've done up to that point, you got to have something in there, a nest egg or, or some kind of investment or some kind of planning in order to enjoy the benefits of that retirement. That's a great example. Right. One of the things that, that, that I talk about with our clients that I think really gets most people thinking, especially when I deal with younger clients in their, in their 20s or 30s that maybe don't have children yet or maybe their children are very young, is I'll say to them, okay, so we need to figure out the number for retirement. So, you know, when you're 65, 70 years old, 
how do you feel about gift giving for your grandchildren? Are you going to be the type of person that wants to buy them toys every single week? Or are you the type of person that thinks that's up to mom and dad? And just that line of questioning really makes them take a step back and go, whoa, I didn't realize that I had to actually take stock of what kind of a person I am because the person I am dictates my spending habits. And then your spending habits dictate, you know, well, what kind of number am I going to need to hit? So, and then it opens up all kinds of questions of, well, the, are you going to need a big house or are you going to want to live in a two-story, uh, a two-bedroom condo? Um, are you going to want to drive a sports car or are you good driving a Honda Civic in your retirement? Like, and it really starts to get them to understand and think about not just the money, but it really makes them go, hey, I'm a person that really needs this in my life or I really need that in my life and I never thought of it. So that's a really fun process to go through with people. I'm sure it is. Holy cow. And uh, uh, one of the questions I have here toward the end was, what, what would you tell your younger self that you've learned over the years, but you're doing that right now by sharing this advice and this wisdom with others, which, of course, I, I tend to think all great leaders want to do that and do it in, in a certain capacity. But my goodness, I think the thing that oftentimes is, is overlooked in society today is the, 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 the financial uh, wisdom. I'll just say that financial wisdom on what to do, but that all starts with you know. Jim Rohn says, "When's the best time? Best time to plant a tree? Twenty years ago. When's the next best time? Right yeah. now. So yeah, oftentimes yeah. we'll say, man, I wish I would have known this twenty years ago. Well, you didn't, but you know it now. So do something with it now. But what you're doing, you're actually going back twenty years by talking to the twenty year olds and the thirty year olds and helping them plan on maybe some areas that you had overlooked or just didn't have the knowledge in. That is fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Oh, yes. if I, and, and that's, that's what everybody says, right? If, if I knew, if I knew what I knew now, <laughs> you know, when I was 21, right. Uh, it'd be a very different situation. Absolutely. And then the third component there. So like the marketing, right? Yep. So it's, uh, and that's kind of tough marketing. with life, but, uh, I just want to hear what you no, have to I, say. I, 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 I actually don't think so. Um, okay, good. I think that, that marketing is, what is marketing? Marketing is a promise that we make in business to the community that if you buy my product, I will give you this result, right? So if you buy my Toyota, you're buying dependent, you know, you're buying a dependable car that's low cost of maintenance, it's not going to break down on you, that you can drive for 250,000 miles <laughs> and that it's not the most expensive, right? That's the promise of a Toyota, right? Yep. So, okay, so that's great. So, I'm a consumer. They market that. I go in, I buy the Toyota, and then I see if they are full of crap or not. So I buy the Toyota, I drive it, and I go, hey, they kept their promise. Great marketing. Marketing for the personal side is your reputation. So if I behave a certain way with the people in my life and in my community that earns me a solid reputation, then when I need to apply for a job or I need to apply for credit, or I would like to start a relationship with somebody or partner with somebody in a business. I have spent my lifetime marketing who I am as a person. So uh, we need to be very careful about, you know, what we say and what we do because people are going to watch us and see, are we in fact building the Toyota that we're telling everybody we're building or are we full of crap? So from that side, it's just being conscious of your actions. Uh, understanding that what you say and what you do will come back to you and 
uh, living that kind of life of integrity. That's Thank- marketing on the personal side to me. Fantastic. And that gets into, we've talked about it, uh, listeners, you hear this just about every show, but you are who you surround yourself with, 100%. If you're around engines, they're going to drive and push you to greater levels than you ever dreamed of. However, you surround yourself with anchors, they're going to continuously hold you da- hold you back, pull you down, and you're probably not going to make the best choices. And last week when I uh, spoke with Master Paul Garcia, I talked about when I first met him at a, um, it was a Champions Way event. And I, well, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't in a place that I was, I wasn't happy with myself because I was surrounding myself with folks that, and that's fine. I'm not putting anybody down, but they just weren't helping lift me to levels that I needed to go. And I was allowing myself, it's all my choice, nobody else's choice. Nobody made me do what things I did, but I wasn't living the life that I knew I was capable of. And and because of that, I wasn't as happy as I know I could have been. And uh, hearing Master Paul Garcia talk about how he got up before the conference and went and lifted weights and then prepared for a speech. And then he talked about Zig Ziglar, which I'd only heard a couple of times prior to that. The first person was Master Melody Schumann, and she talked about Zig uh, on a conference or webinar that I was listening to. And since that time, I'm blessed to say I'm connected with Tom Ziegler, Zig's son. Matter of fact, I've got a, a call with him tomorrow and going over the speaker program we're doing together. And uh, But by surrounding yourself with a different group of people, by changing your mindset, and my favorite Zig quote is, you are where you are and what you are by what's gone into your mind. You can change where you are and what you are by changing what goes into your mind. And obviously what goes into your mind is usually your group of influence or what you're listening to, what you're watching, and who you're surrounding yourself with. So, and that's that's perfect marketing example there. Fantastic. I, I agree with that. And, and also um, to, to add on one quick thing, you know, I have a financial coach that I work with. His name is Sam Mann. He's, he's in the martial arts industry. And, you know, he's my coach. So even though I coach, you know, I have a coach, right? And one of the things that he says, is that when you surround yourself with five millionaires, you're more you're more likely to become the sixth. So, to your point, yes, it's very critical uh, who you surround yourself with because you are likely to become that. And that brings up another point: every every great success, even every great coach has a coach, right? Yes, yes, sir, absolutely. Because you don't know what you don't know. And uh, I had a couple of, uh, I took the coaching, Ziegler coaching uh, uh, workshop. It was a couple years ago. I had a couple of the uh, trainers actually come on and uh, be a part of the show. And that's exactly what they had mentioned. Uh, they're, they're, they're coaching me and others, but they've got a coach that's coaching them. Even Tom Ziegler's got a coach. I mean, so everybody's got a coach. And that's uh, just simply because you don't know what you don't know. And uh, the only way to find out and to learn what you don't know in order to continue to enhance what you're presenting is to, to, to uh, well is to hire somebody that knows where uh, I guess the steps that you want to take right and like you said if you're around five millionaires you, you, you follow along you're going to be the sixth and that brings up the point uh, oftentimes money always gets misconstrued uh, Zig would always talk about uh, money is uh, uh, not the greatest thing in the world, but it's right up there with oxygen. And then he goes, and then, of course, a lot of times people come along knowing he's uh, a, a religious and a, a devout Christian. They would say, how do you talk about all that money and be a Christian? And he uh, goes to the Bible and says, the Bible never says that the money is the root of all evil. He says, the Bible says money is a root 
of evil, meaning anything, alcohol, drugs, you know, sex addition, gambling, uh, b- being narcissistic, <laughs> all those, if out of balance, are a route to evil. It's what you do with that. And he had mentioned that uh, the fact yeah. that he's able to pay his bills and he's able to be at peace, he's able to give more of himself and more to charity. So I always thought that was a nice tie-in. I think uh, to put it very, I, I mean, obviously I agree with you 100%. Um, to to put it very simply, um, I've seen hammers build homes and buildings and uh, railroad ways and homes for, for orphans and charity. And I've seen people uh, on TV and in books take a hammer and, and murder other people. So is it the hammer's fault? No, it's, it's, it's always us. So money is a tool, no different than a hammer or a screwdriver. You can do a lot of wonderful things with those tools. Or you could do a lot of really bad things with those tools. That has nothing to do with the tool. It has everything to do with the person. Oh, that's a great analogy. I've, I've never heard that before. Thank you. Man, exactly right. It's the person. We make our own choices. That's a great example. Yep. <laughs> I've seen hammers build buildings. And also, of course, on the other side, they, they've killed people. It's what you do with yep. it. That is a great, great, great example. And... uh you know, kind of uh, I, growing up, I grew up on a farm. We were we were dirt poor. I mean, we had a milk cow at eight years old. I'm out there milking the milk cow. So it, it, it was one of those that, well, you, you learn the value of hard work. And oftentimes, you know, what was a, a kid, a poor kid, man, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. But why? Why? Well, because right, money is right. going to solve all of my problems. Now, does money solve everybody's problems? No. No, not in my opinion. No. Well, it, it, <laughs> because again, I could. I, it, there's an interesting statistic. Uh, almost everyone who wins the lottery yeah, that's was that wasn't to. successful, <laughs> be, right? That, that wasn't successful before they won the lottery. They they get themselves into worse problems because the more money you have, you're capable of buying yourself into more dangerous situations. So. Uh, usually, if, if a mil- an existing millionaire wins the lottery, the first thing they do is just put it in an investment account and you know go to the gym. <laughs> they don't they don't care about it. Yep. Um, so it's uh, the behaviors that you have before you get the money that's the most critical. Yeah, and Jim Rome once said that uh, the the greatest travesty is someone who gets a million dollars before they learn how to be a millionaire, because now they exactly. got all this money, and so and and then of course. They've got it. They don't know what to do with it. As you said, they recklessly spend it and get themselves into more trouble than they should have had. Of course, they adopt countless uh, in-laws and friends they never knew they had. (laughs) And they party, party, party. And then when all the money's gone, that's when that depression hits. How could this happen? How can I get it back? And you never get it back. And then, of course, that leads to your your, your life was maybe not the best. Then you had a short little window of, of well, I, I guess living high on the hog, if you will, a little farm term. <laughs> and then uh, and, and now you've got nothing. Of course, that leads to anxiety, depression and suicide. So that, that, that's a nice, good 100%. tie in. Great, great tie in. Um, so what um, what do you do, Master Alvarez, you and your wife? What, and of course, with your kids, that, that brings you the greatest joy. What do you do when you're, you're not uh, coaching, when you're not working, when you're not uh, building academies, and when you're not uh, – maybe this is what what you do that, that brings you the greatest joy, inspiring others. But what is it something personal that you just love to do? Okay. Um, maybe not the most popular answer in the world, but and maybe it sounds cliche and maybe some people will think – I'm just saying that just because it sounds good. But if I don't love it, I don't do it. 
So, you know, I work and do what I do because I really, really love to see, to, to help people and to see the look in their eyes when they, when it finally clicks and when they get it or when somebody earns their done or when somebody pays off their debt or when somebody saves up their first hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is, I love that. Um, I love to be with my kids. Um, my kids have probably taught me more in the 10 and five years that they've been alive than I've learned in my entire life. Um, so they bring me tremendous joy. Um, uh, and then for fun, I love golf. I got into golf 11 years ago and it is my current pursuit of trying to apply all the things that I've learned in my life to golf and learning where it works and where it doesn't. Um, I'm down to a five handicap. So oh, that means I'm shooting somewhere in the high seventies and I'm struggling to get down to the, to, to, to scratch, but you know, I'm going to keep going until I can get there. So I love everything I do. If I don't love it, it means that it's not for me to do. And I, and I, and I leave it alone and try and let it go and focus on the things that I love. Fantastic. So many great things to chew on there. Number one, holy cow, great job on the five handicap. Man, oh man, that is outstanding. <laughs> and of course, golf is the hardest, easiest game that uh, I have ever played or anybody else has ever played. And yeah. what, what I mean by that is it's just you and the ball and a stick, right? It just lays there. And I played hockey at extremely high competitive level. That was my first dream to be a pro hockey player. That never turned out. But anyway, it's all good. Learn from it. Uh, and then football, baseball. Well, in those sports, you've got somebody either trying to plant you in the boards. you got pucks flying around 100 miles an hour. Baseball, the ball's dipping and diving and doing all kinds of goofy stuff from the pitcher. And football, somebody's trying to plant you in the ground. Well, golf, the ball just lays there. And it's just you and this club in your hand. So why is it so gosh darn hard? Well, it's because it's you <laughs> in control yeah, of you. Between your ears. Exactly yeah. right. It, 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 it's you. It's the, golf, the golf club and the golf ball and the golf course are exposing <laughs> you. They're exposing how you think, how you strategize, how you are able to clear your mind or not. Um, are you able to be repetitive in, in your swing, which is a reflection of your athleticism and your mind? I mean, it's. I, but again, I have a coach, right? So the only reason I got down to a five is because I play with better players. One of my really close friends used to play on the South American PGA Tour. And, uh, you know, he shoots par or, or under par, you know, all the time. No problem. And, you know, he's made me tremendously better because he's, I've been next to him, playing with him, watching him. He's talked to me a lot. And then he hooked me up with a great coach. And I make that investment because I don't want to play golf and, and suck at it. So I hired a coach. So anything that you want to be good at in life, don't just try and figure it out on your own. Find a person that has done it and hire them and pay them. And it'll pay, you know, it, it's an investment. It's not an expense. So. Oh, that's fantastic. And the, uh... I did uh, I run it, I don't know if it was a video blog or a podcast recently, but it was all about uh, time, obviously the most sacred commodity on the planet. You can always make more money. Of course, it never seems like it when it's time to pay bills, but you can, but you can never, ever yeah. make more time. And uh, the the video, the vlog, the podcast was all about, are you investing time or are you wasting time? And wasting time is like getting into arguments on social media. You're never going to win. And and what are you trying to get, get out of that? That's a waste. You're never getting that time back. Investing time isn't like you said, you want to be a better golfer, then you need to invest the time and the resources into doing that. If you want to be a better parent, you need to invest the time and resources into doing that. If you want to get in better shape, invest the time and resources into that because that's uh, where you get the ROI, the return on 
on investment. You've invested the time and resources, money into something. Now you're going to get something out of it. Wasting time or arguing with somebody that, I mean, for, for whatever reason, and we know being in the martial arts industry, it's, it's so great in so many ways, but at the same time, it seems like we, we've got, even though we all aspire to, to help bully proof others talk about bullying, I would have to say we've got a lot of bullies in the martial arts industry, just like any industry, but it really always breaks my heart when I see that. We fight more than any other industry I've ever seen before. Well, my style is better than your style because this, this, and this. And if you've got 200 students and you're a sellout, what is that all about? Come on now. And uh, the federation that we grew up in had that mindset, and unfortunately – for them, they, they, I don't know, it, it's sad because it was a great, great, great art. But unfortunately, that kind of limited mindset really hindered them. And I'm blessed that you and I were able to reconnect uh, several years ago, but also able to see, like, we, we can have the best of both worlds, but we can't do it with these anchors pulling us down. And that's not a shot at the organization. That's just a reality. We chose to invest our time in things we can control as opposed to waste our time in things that we couldn't. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, for example, uh, two, two, two thoughts came to mind as I was listening. Um, one, somebody said to me one time, well, how is a golf coach an investment? You're not on the PGA tour. You're never going to be on the PGA tour and you're, you're not, you don't make money playing golf. So aren't you just spending money by having a coach? And my response to that was, well, probably true. However, um, I know that I perform my best in my life when I'm happy and I'm not happy when I don't play well. So for me to invest in a coach to train me to play golf better means I, I'm happier when I play better, when I'm happier, I'm much more creative and focused and sharp in my everyday life, which helps me to produce better decisions when I'm with my family, in my business, whatever it is. So that's how I see it as an investment. Um, so I, I would encourage people that maybe feel guilty about hiring like a health coach or taking money out of the family's account to hire a personal trainer or a budgeting coach or whatever is no, it's not. Those are not expenses. Those are investments because you will never reach your potential when you're unhappy. Never. That's a hundred percent guaranteed. You have to be in a good state of mind and coaches help get you there. So it doesn't matter whether it's money coaching or golf coaching or a personal fitness trainer signing up for martial arts, you're making an investment in your happiness. Um, wow. So, yeah. There's another million that's, dollar that's uh, nugget of advice there. That is fantastic. Fantastic. Thank well, in our, our um, kind of my whole purpose mission that we put together and uh, something I, it's my why that drives me is I truly want to empower well society, but empower kids, parents, teachers, adults, teens to uh, with hope and the self-confidence to believe in themselves to believe in themselves, to become bullyproof. And what, what that is, is making society the kind of end-all goal here, society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. Because like you said, when people are happier, they're automatically going to be healthier, not only in their mind, but everywhere else. They're going to be happy about what right. they've done. Their creative genius is going to open up more. They're going to feel better. They're going to be a better parent when they're happier. They're going to be a better spouse when they're happier. They're going to be a better employee. They're going to be a better benefactor to society when they're happier. And, of course, that makes all much healthier because when you're happier, your immune system, your digestive system, everything's working better. And then how does that make society safer? 
Well, happy, healthy people aren't bullying one another. Happy, healthy people aren't going around shooting up schools. Happy, healthy people aren't doing what they can to make others feel horrible. They're doing what they can to make others feel better. And that's going to make society a better place. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Holy exactly. smokes. And, and, so everybody go get golf lessons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you got nothing else from the show, <laughs> go, exactly. go, go, go hire a golf coach. There, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> No, but uh, in, in, I, hopefully they got to invest in something that's going to help them become happier and healthier. Be happy. Yeah. Exactly. Goodness gracious. Well, that wrapped up the next one. What brings you the greatest joy? And uh, kind of the last question I like to ask is um, what uh, what do you want to be remembered for? Like what? Uh, oh my goodness. Well, I, I'll, I'll leave. That's always a tough one. Um, kind of I, I've narrowed it down. Uh, obviously, I want to make sure I've got an answer when I ask the question. <laughs> but uh, I just want to uh, plant as many seeds. I'm, 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 for the last five, six years, I've been on the seed kick. And the seed kick is planting seeds and then continuing to water and nurture and cultivate those seeds so they grow into something. So I want to plant a tree that I'll never, ever ever have the benefit of sitting under, but knowing that maybe I passed on something that helps somebody else uh, as they move forward. That's kind of my biggest goal with the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kick and Life brand and uh, with the Grogan's Martial Arts Academy, the podcast, the video blogs, is just to, Ziggler right. talks about, there's uh, four steps. You go from um, uh, stability to success, from success to significance, and from sniff, so easy for me to say, significance to legacy. And that means you're you're stable, you're barely getting by, but then you start doing what you can to, to not only help yourself improve, but at the same time helping others. Then you're a success in enough people's life, then you move on to a significance. And when you're significant and making enough people successful, then you move on to the next as a legacy because you've been significant in enough lives that it's, it's going to outlive you, and that's how a legacy is established. And kind of what I did was... The, the tree example really fits well for me. I love it. I lo absolutely love it. And I would agree with, with that. Um, for me, uh, to answer the question of what do I want to be remembered? So I, I, I've been on this kick talking about your seed kick. I've been on a kick where um, for the last seven, eight years of my life, I, I try and filter everything I do through what I would want people to say about me at my funeral. Uh. Um, so, you know, that, that's really it. Like I, I want to do things that when it comes time and, and what's interesting enough is right. When we're at the funeral, we're not there to hear any of it. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's <laughs> going to be what everybody says. So it, like you said about the tree, you're planting a tree and you're not going to be the one that's going to enjoy the shade that it produces one day. So, um, you know, I, I just live, that, that's it. I just try and do everything in a way that people, that I, that, that if I were able to hear what people are going to say at my funeral, that I would be proud of it. And that's it. You know, nothing too grandiose. Just try to, try to live a good life that people are going to look back and say he was a good guy. Just making the world a better place. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, folks, as always, you, you listen in. And like I mentioned, I do my very best to reach out and get the people that I know they're going to inspire and uh, empower, educate, and drop the nuggets of wisdom on you just to help you live that happier, healthier, and safer life uh, that, that we're all made to live. Utilize our God-given talents. We're one in 7.7 .7 billion people on this planet, but we're all unique in our own ways. That means we all have something unique to offer. And uh, obviously my goal 
is that you pick up several golden nuggets from each episode, but if you just take one away, take one away and, and use that, apply that to your life in some way, shape or form. And, uh, with that, that kind of leads into the, one of our last questions there, sir, is, uh, any, I guess I'll tie in a couple questions here. Last golden nuggets you would like to share with the kids, parents, teens, adults, or something that you wished you would have known uh, when, when you were younger, even if something you would have known five, 10 years ago that has made a dramatic impact in who you are right here, right now? Wow, that's, that's a phenomenal question. Um, all right, so when I was younger, what I would have known. So, you know, I, I think that we live in a world right now where it's, it's, it's very difficult to for most people to get by. You know, we're, we're in a society where now the majority of uh, both parents need to work in order to provide an income. And because of that, it's creating an environment where uh, we're so busy trying to make sure that we get the rent paid, the mortgage paid, the car payment, the groceries, um, and get the kids to baseball and soccer and martial arts. And we're so busy just trying to get to the end of the day that we forget that the most valuable thing in the world to, in the eyes of our children is not the size of the house. It's not if you drive a BMW or a Mercedes, um, or even if you're doing the right thing by signing them up in a martial arts school or a dance program or soccer, the, the most important thing to your, to your child is that you take 20 or 30 minutes every day to do something they want to do with you. It, it could just be going in the backyard and tossing a ball it could be sitting down and, and going out to ice cream with them for 30 minutes and, and just listening to them talk about the things they love. But, um, you know, I know my parents loved me very much, but like you, we grew up with not that much money. So my, my father was working long, long, long hours because he loved us so much that he wanted to make sure that we had food and a house and all those things. And I know that, you know, for me, as a kid, the most important thing to me was, if someone paid attention to me just to have a talk, just to, to, to do something together that we would enjoy, not, oh, my dad gets to drop me off at martial arts class in a Mercedes. Like, I didn't, it wasn't even my realm of, of thought. It was, did my dad take the time to tell me a story when it was bedtime? You know what I mean? Um, and he did. So those are the things that, that I think as, as a father myself that I really work on. And I fail at it. I definitely fail at it from time to time. And, um, but I, it's very much in the front of my mind to make sure that my kids know that they are my priority, not just in providing for them, but in being there to see life through their eyes. So that, that's for a parent, for an adult looking, you know, if you've got children, I think that's one of the most valuable things, one of the most valuable gifts that you can give a child. Um, that's fantastic. And then, uh, Help, help me again, sir. There was a second part. Let, let me uh, just uh, and, and listeners, does that sound repetitive? Have you heard that for how many shows? <laughs> how many different guests have said something similar to that? And that ties into a, a line I've been going to a lot lately: "Is love is spelled to a child, T I M E, boom." Yeah, that's how it. you spell love to a child. Just spend the time with them. And uh, us as adults, you know, we reflect back. What did we want more than anything? Just like you said, sir, some, somebody to listen to us, somebody to pay attention to us, somebody to let us know we're yep. important. Man, oh, man. Yep. That is fantastic. Well, essentially, it was all kind of tied into one, a golden nugget that you wanted to, to share with a parent, a teen, adult or kid. Um, and then yep. something you wished you would have known 
uh, when you were younger, something you've learned here recently or five, 10 years ago that's oh, helped yeah. shape you. And um, that, one I, that one I can answer very easily because it's actually something that's very much in the front of my mind right now as we're having this conversation. Um, when I grew up, just like you had said, you know, money was not in abundance. And um, my wife and I, thank God, are in a position where we can alter our family's history if we make the right choices. So something I wish I knew when I was a kid that nobody talked to me about was money and really understanding a couple of things about it. Number one, you don't need as much as you think you need. Um, you know, you don't need a Rolex. You don't need a Mercedes. They're nice. And, and at the right stage of life, uh, they're great things to have, but you don't need them at any stage of life. It doesn't matter if you have $10 million or $5. Um, and I wish that, you know, I had learned the things I'm learning now about saving and investing and living a humble life that I'm, my wife and I are actively trying to set up and do with our children so that uh, they don't have to worry about money, so that they can spend their lifetime focusing on helping people, not struggling to make ends meet. Um, and we're trying to set things up that are going to change the trajectory of their life because both my wife and I didn't have that opportunity. So I would encourage parents, if you don't feel confident about money, um, hire a coach. doesn't have to be me. Um, hire somebody to help get you on the right path so you can pass that knowledge to your children when they're very young. And by doing that, you will definitely change the trajectory of their life. Boom. <laughs> Fantastic. In so many ways. Um, last point, how can people get a hold of you? So say that uh, um, somebody's listening and they say, hey, man, this is the guy for me. Maybe it's a, uh, somebody in the martial arts industry that is thinking about opening their second location that they want to get a hold of you. Or maybe it's just somebody that loved what you had said and said, I'd like to talk to this guy and, and maybe he can help me get on a better path financially. Or I'm in the uh, uh, Coral Springs, Florida area, and I love what you're saying here. I want my kids to be a part of that martial arts academy. I, of course, I've got uh, the links that you had sent me. I'll put those in the write-up of the show, but people that are listening, sure. uh, give, give yourself a little shout out there on how they can get a hold of you and uh, um, where they can find you. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so if anybody wants to work with me on the financial coaching or business coaching, uh, they can go to financialfitnessfocus.com, financialfitnessfocus.com. Um, there's a link on there for a free discovery call. Um, totally free, no pressure. Um, we'll, you know, take time to get to know them and see if we'd be a good fit to work together, um, either on personal finances or uh, business mentoring, business finances, strategy, all that stuff. Um, and then for the martial arts side for our two schools in Coral Springs, uh, you just go to usk.ninja. Uh, that's umpiresamkelly.ninja. No, you don't need a .com or .net. We actually <laughs> bought the domain .ninja, which was pretty cool. Uh, so USK got ninja here in the Coral Springs area. Oh, that is fantastic. Fantastic. Golly. Well, folks, I, I, I'm hoping you're taking notes. Maybe if you're not, if you're driving, nobody taking notes, but it's great to listen to in the car and then go back and reflect on it later. As you know, this is episode number two. What would I say? It was 240. Uh Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah, we're at 246, 246. Right. So uh, check back through uh, previous episodes, but definitely uh, listen to them more than once. Zig Ziglar would always say that uh, if you listen to things once, you get a little bit. You listen to it more, or a second time, you get a little more, and a third time, you're going to swear it was a whole new episode because some so many things were put in that you you overlooked the first few times but it's the same show mm-hmm. all right uh well sir uh before before i let you go i always like to say our what i call our bullyproof and kicking life affirmations so if you wouldn't mind sir just repeat after me i believe in myself i believe in myself i am a one and only original gift from god i'm a one and only original gift from god i am awesome I am awesome. I am bullyproof. I am bullyproof. And I'm living my best kick in life. And I'm living my best kick in life. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Master David Alvarez, golly, thank you so very much for your time. I, I know our audience is... At, uh, they're much smarter for listening, and they've definitely got some golden nuggets of wisdom to take away, and hopefully they'll apply in their lives. Thank you, sir. Um, any last little goodbyes to our, our listeners? Anything that maybe right then and there is going to be the right hook of reality to help get them over the hump? Whatever they're struggling with right now that they're afraid to reach out to somebody to get help on because they're afraid or of their ego, that is usually an indicator. That's God's way of trying to tell you, if this is what scares the crap out of you right now, this is what you should do next. So if you're afraid of getting a, a financial coach, it's probably what you need to do. If you're afraid that, you know, you've been dreaming about starting a business and you are afraid to do it, you know, get a coach and start the business. If you're afraid of getting down on one knee and proposing to that girl that you've been in love with for years, it's probably what you should do next. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's a whole new show right there. That just means we'll have to have you on again there. And uh, I do a, a show that airs Wednesday called the Wednesday Wisdom Show. And they usually it, sometimes I have guests, sometimes I don't. But that sounds like an absolutely excellent topic for the Wednesday Wisdom Show. So we'll have to we'll have to set that up in the near future to get you on here and just talk about what you just said there. <laughs> if it scares the daylights out Thank of you, you, that's God's way of telling you to do it. That is fantastic. All right. Well, sir, thank you so very, very much. I really appreciate your time and wisdom. Um, Well, I'll reach out to you later today, and we can chat a little bit more if we have some time. But um, as for the show, folks, thank you so very, very much for listening. I realize that time is the most sacred commodity on the planet. I'm so grateful from the bottom of my heart for you, sir, Mr. David Alvarez, for being on the show, and folks, for listening. As I promise you, I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to bring on the best guests, to have the best content, to throw out the best wisdom, and also be as transparent as possible. Let you know there's a lot of things that I'm struggling with too, but these are the things that I'm working on, the things that have helped me, and I'm hopeful they'll help you as well. Please remember to share this message, this episode with your kids. It's it's all, you know, G and PG. There's no cussing, no profanity, no yuckiness on this thing. It's all about positive inspiration. And I don't feel we need to say bad words in order to inspire somebody. So that's why they're not a part of the show. And, of course, if you haven't already done so, make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel, Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And then, obviously, check out our website, grogansbullyproof.com. All right. I love you. God loves you. Please share that love with the world. And until we talk again, get out there and do what you do best. And I promise you'll be your very best. You'll become bullyproof and you'll live your best kick in life. God bless you. God bless the loved ones. I can't wait to chat with you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. 
Thank you very much for listening to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. This is your Bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan, reminding you to please share this podcast with your kids, family members, or anyone else who could benefit from this empowering message. And I kindly ask that please remember that five-star review, if we've earned it, to let others know that you're a part of the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life tribe. And until we talk again, remember, you do have the power to overcome your fears and battle through your challenges to stand up to any bully you're facing, both real and in your mind. So get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best, you'll become bullyproof, and you'll live your best kick in life.